Hi, this is comic book writer Mark Wade, and you're listening to All Star Super Fan Podcast. We talk, we talk, we talk Superman, and we know what's happening. We talk, we talk, we talk Superman, and we cover everything. Hello and welcome once again to your Daily Planet update here at the All-Star Superfan Podcast, the podcast that delves into any and all things Superman throughout the full 80-year legacy of The Man of Steel. I'm one of your hosts, disgraced Science Council member Rob O'Connor, and by the time you hear this, I will, be, I will have been dead for many thousands of your years. But there are questions to be answered, and in this podcast of solitude... Myself and my Science Council co-host will answer them together. Mr. Alan Burke, come to me, if you dare. Uh, am I the old British guy who's like, don't be ridiculous, Jorrell? <laughs> <laughs> Jorrell, be reasonable. Be reasonable. He kind of a Winston Churchill, be reasonable. <laughs> Uh, once again, we'd like to remind you that you can like us on Facebook and Instagram at All Star Super Fan and follow us on Twitter at All Star Super Pod. Send us a strongly worded letter to the editor at allstarsuperpod at gmail.com and we will read your correspondence on the air. Please get in touch. Let us know your thoughts and feelings on all of the exciting and admittedly heartbreaking topics we're going to be discussing on tonight's episode. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, well, this is, what, our second, this is going to be our Daily Planet update, our second Daily Planet update? I believe, yeah, this is our second one, yes. Good, And good. And sh- a quick, uh, quick shout I realized when we put our sec- our first one out recently, that we had, like, unconsciously ripped off Matt Truex's uh, <laughs> little thing that he does on his little side episodes, where it's like an old-timey radio announcer, oh, and right. he says, this is it. This is your Daily Planet news bulletin or something like that. And I was like, oh, God, we've done the exact same Matt thing. And I didn't Matt even notice. He's fine. He's, he's <laughs> so Matt, if you're listening to this, it was one of those great minds think alike thing where I do, if if I was copying you, I was doing it completely unconsciously. And I'm I don't know. Sorry. Do I not I'm remember like, we had a conversation where like, I really like that thing that Matt does. Let's rob that. Did you? Did, 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 Let's just steal yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we recorded, um, it won't be out by the time this comes out, it, it'll be a little bit later, but we recorded a very special episode of the Lois and Clark podcast uh, a couple of days ago, a few days ago. And uh, that was a lot of fun with a, a lot of other yes. kind of uh, guests that Matt has uh, Matt has had on. And he obviously announced that um, on his own podcast, what that's all about. But uh, yeah, that was a lot of fun. I can't wait to, to listen yeah. to that very special episode and what will probably be one of the final episodes of the Lois and Clark podcast, new podcast of Superman. Say it ain't so. Yeah, which we'll is have to, yeah. I've been listening to that podcast for like six years, five years. It's gonna be, it's gonna be crazy. sad. And you know, uh, we're closely linked to Matt's podcast. You know, um, like I said before, when we went, we've been on his podcast a couple of times, and he kind of lit the fire for us to do this one and stuff. So it'll be sad to see uh, Lois and Clark to, uh, come to an end. But his journey is complete. Yeah. So to start us on a on a positive note, Alan, what have you been up to? Uh, have you been consuming any Superman media or content or Very, intellectual property? I I I I have been consuming a good bit of content. Not much Superman, I have to admit. Over the last uh, over the last few weeks, um, as you know, I was down. What well, you know, the listeners won't know. I was down on a course there for the bones of two weeks down in the police academy, down at the Garda College, and uh, which was great. I was away from. 
I was going to say it's great. I was away from the family. That's not what I meant. Uh, <laughs> it was great. It, it was it was hard going. It was the longest I'd been away from my daughter, but still, it was it was nice to get some alone time as well. But um, I downloaded Officer, Officer Deadbeat over. Here. Yeah, yeah. So I uh, I downloaded Broken a uh, Mirror Broken, the TNG comic um, that you were talking about. I, I I was on to Rob looking for some recommendations. Really enjoyed that actually. Uh, art was strange and and in, in, in places and kind of offbeat and stuff. But I really enjoyed the story. I liked. I'm a huge TNG fan. Uh, went to the cinema. So nope. You know the new Jordan Peele which uh, I really enjoyed. Yeah, it was nice. I wasn't a huge fan of us, but I really liked to get out. Um, so really enjoyed that experience. Cinema, myself, chilled out, popcorn, you know, Maltesers, all that kind of stuff. And yeah, that's... Uh, I've been listening... And speaking of, of Nope, I've been listening to a new podcast, actually, that I hadn't picked up. It's been around for quite a while. It's been around for like 10 years. It's called The Twilight Zone Podcast with Tom Elliott, our good friend, Zach Moore. I'm a huge fan of the 50s Twilight Zone. Um, the 80s to a lesser extent, but definitely the 50s one. And uh, our friend Zach Moore recommended it to me. It's a, a, an English chap. Um, I think he's from Liverpool. A guy by the name of Tom Elliott has been doing it since kind of 2012 and uh, doing it for years and years and years and it's really been enjoyable uh, he covers episodes like i don't know if you're are you familiar with the twilight zone or um i'm i'm i i've experienced it through cultural osmosis i yeah. think the only one i've seen is probably the william shatner uh, oh, guy I, hanging on the plane yeah one. adventure at twenty thousand directed feet. by or Nightmare Twenty. Directed by Richard Donner? Yeah, directed by Richard Donner. And that was remade in the 1982, the infamous 1983 Twilight Zone movie, where they redid that. I think it was called Nightmare at 30,000 Feet with John Lithgow playing the part. But I'm a huge fan of Rod Serling, huge fan of that TV series. So, and it was, it, it was, I tried a couple of Twilight Zone podcasts and I couldn't really get into them, but this guy really does a great, great podcast. So I'd, I'd highly recommend it. I think you'd love the Twilight Zone. Yeah, I probably would. I, I'm. Uh, th- there's a radio show from the because I'm weird. There's a radio <laughs> show from the 40s and the 50s called Dimension X, which is kind of the precursor to the Twilight Zone. Yes, it's the same thing. Like you, ha- you have like a Rod Serling esque guy announcing all the episodes, yeah. and then each one is a standalone kind of, you know, uh, dystopic st- science fiction kind of story, a cautionary tale, and stuff like that. And those are really really cool. So I have been meaning to check. Out I, I think you'd love it. Like the, the really, there's some. Uh, it's funny enough. I don't really. I'm not really crazy about like the science fiction kind of ones. It's it's more so the ones that examine okay. the kind of the human condition that I like. Um, ones mm. like Walking Distance is a, is a famous episode about a, a guy who kind of travels back uh, without his knowledge to his own to his own childhood and kind of meets himself as a child and Ooh. stuff. But re- just really good, really strong episodes. You know, more hits than misses by far and very noirish and stuff. I think you'd really like it. I think you'd love it. Yeah. And movie-wise, nice. I saw the new Prey with, um, you know, the new Predator movie? It's on Disney+. Yes, Plus. it's supposed to be very good. Really good. Like, it, much better than it deserves to be and much better than anything since the original um, since the original Predator movie. It's And, oh, you put me onto it, Star Trek Strange New Worlds. Oh, have you started watching it? I have watched the first three episodes. Um, okay. And I went into it and I was very, how would I, pessimistic going in uh, after being Skeptical. heartbroken. I hated this uh, discovery. I really, really didn't like Star Trek Picard. I'm a huge fan of old Trek and classic Trek. I watched a lot of uh, the original series when I was on that course at night mm-hmm. and stuff. And I've really, I, I really enjoyed it. I'm really enjoying it. The first, the yeah. first three episodes were really good. The, the first two, especially, the third one wasn't as as good as the other two, but really good so far. Real, fe- really feels like back to episodic t- TV, like you said. Anson Mount is brilliant in the role of yeah. uh, Captain Pike. 
yeah, I've really been enjoying it so far. Yeah, I've been I've been on a big I, I went to see Star Trek the Motion Picture in the cinema a couple of weeks ago, and that's generally been a film that I I have it hasn't been one of my favorites. Yeah, most of the times I've seen it now. Like usually watching it, I was kind of watching it as a teenager. I was watching it, you know, in my twenties. I was kind mm. of like, Ugh, "What the hell is this? Yeah. It's long. It's boring. Whatever." I think if you really sit down and really commit to it and really kind of just let it wash over you and just really drink it in, and if you see it in the cinema, mm. it's absolutely incredible. It's the best way to see it, more so than any other Star Trek film. I think. And is that the, that's the one? Is that the new see. director's cut, or was it the standard theatrical one? It was the director's cut. Now, that being said, all the director's cut stuff I noticed was the stuff I didn't like. Like, the, okay. there, is, there is a couple of bits of kind of new 2020 and 2010 CGI right. that they've put in. And you, you can kind of take it or leave that stuff, I think. I, I find, by all means, do that with the old mm-hmm. original series because, <laughs> I mean, as charming as those special effects are. Yeah. You know, they, they they take a bit of imagination to sort of. Whereas when you get into the '70s stuff and they have kind of relatively big budgets in those movies, I think yeah, you're kind of like, wow, I'm I'm kind of into this. I like the aesthetic they're creating. And then when you just see this bit of CGI floating into the screen, you're kind of like, oh, I don't know if I like this. Is it as blatant but, to say the Donner cut where you can really kind of tell that it's not of its time? No. Not that. No, it's not, not quite as bad as that, but it's definitely a little bit jarring. And okay. I think it's it's not as nice. But anyway, really, really cool. That kind of got me back into Star Trek a little bit, and uh, I finally des- I decided to give Strange New Worlds a go. Unlike you, I I was a defender of Discovery for the longest time. Mm-hmm. I think the first season there was a lot of interesting stuff in there. I think the biggest problem that show has always had is just the revolving door in the writers' room. There's just writers coming and going all the time, yeah. showrunners coming and going, and they never really had a clear kind of uh, roadmap for where they were going and they do these long season long arcs is, which we've yeah. talked a lot yeah. about this yeah. sometimes it's okay to just do you know a standalone story in 45 minutes which was so refreshing somebody, about Strange New Worlds I thought somebody has obviously learned this because every episode of Strange New Worlds so far is going back to that 90s mold of just we've we've an adventure we have to solve a problem we have 45 minutes to do it and here's a little b plot about someone who's got to buy a present for a birthday party or something it's so you know and it's lovely and it's not it is not reinventing the wheel at all in fact it's probably the least ambitious of any of these new star trek shows they're just saying it's like they're putting their hands up and saying right we tried to do something different let's do what we know works and you know what if it ain't broke don't fix it It it's a such a charming show as you said Anson Mount is dynamite. Yeah, he's great. He is absolutely fantastic. But but also, Rebecca Romaine is fantastic as number one. Uh, who else is good? That the lady who plays Ilana is that her name? The the Khan's ancestor. Stupid idea. To have yeah, Khan's I thought that. That, that, show. that was, and I was, but, I was going to say that I thought that was a stupid idea. It is a stupid idea. It's also a stupid idea to have a whore in the show. It's kind of stupid to have Chapel in the show. Yeah. Why do we not have that crusty old doctor from the cage? All these things I went into going, ugh. And but Greg, they're all great. Gregory Peck's grandson playing Spock. Uh, yeah, he's great too. I thought he was really strong. <laughs> yeah, I thought he was really strong. To be honest, I'm a little bit of a continuity um, yeah. aficionado. I just, in my mind, it's just a different universe. I don't care. I just block it off. It's a different universe in my mind. And that's how I get over that. See, but it, the, the way... The way I approach that, and I know this is a real sticking point mm-hmm. for Zach Moore, the way I approach all of that is if you watch Discovery Season 2, they literally do a last time on Star Trek and they flash back to the cage and they literally show you the scenes of the cage as they were filmed and then they just segue into the brand new 
aesthetic that they have on their own show. So it's literally them saying, look, this looks different, but it's still kind of, yeah. and you just need to get over it. Yeah, yeah. And that, that's their approach, and you can take it or leave it. I personally, I think it was maybe a little bit of a mistake to do all this stuff in the in the past anyway, mm-hmm. when they could have just Gone made the, their own thing. Yeah. But I, the reason they did that was they wanted to be able to go, hey, look, it's Spock, and hey, you know, they wanted to bring in all these fan favorites that they could you know, show off at their big CBS All Access as it was yeah. at the time, you know, autumn launch and go, look, we're bringing back your old favorites. Yeah. Whereas if they if they started with a completely brand new slate, they wouldn't have got that buzz. Yeah. And that's one of the one of the kind of prices we have to pay for all this content but is they had they need to have a hook. The only thing I would say is if like me, you were disappointed by Discovery or you were disappointed by Picard. Mm absolutely check it out because i think it is a breath of fresh air i think it's back on track i think it'll win over a lot of the old fans it's you know a nice update of the aesthetic and 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 stuff like that like anson mount the only thing is i was watching it and so many shots of the enterprise where i was like oh you can kind of tell it's it you can tell it's cg i miss those old model ships i miss the craft yep. of, of those old model ships it's you can tell it's a cgi ship and uh just you know going back to like tng and all that kind of stuff and even the original series i just miss those the craftsmanship and you know the stuff that kind of michael kuda used to do and stuff those old movies like the ship just looks so so beautiful in those old movies yeah sure we it saw will look beautiful forever me and you went and saw uh wrath of Khan or live screening with William Shatner himself literally the day before the world shut down like two days (laughs) before the world shut down for COVID back in 2020 and I was blown I was my first time seeing one of the TOS movies in uh, in the theater and that blew me away Um, but yeah uh, oh I'll tell you what else I've seen recently that I was pleasantly surprised by went in with absolutely no expectations and I don't know if you've seen it Uh, Peacemaker oh okay right I still haven't seen it no wasn't a big fan of the movie Suicide Squad, The Suicide Squad, whatever. I know, the, the, I think it was The Suicide Squad, the second one. Yes. Um, didn't, you know, saw it, was fine. You know, there was a couple of things in it that were cool or whatever. But I just saw, it was on TV one day, it was starting, and I was like, I'll, I'll give this a shot. And I have to say, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Really, really okay. enjoyed it. Uh, I'd highly recommend someone checks, people check it out, even if they're not fans of you know Snyderverse stuff or it's it, it doesn't feel like that at all it's really funny characterizations are great uh, it's quirky James Gunn directing and writing it's quirky in the way that James Gunn is highly recommend it yeah I think my hesitance towards Peacemaker had nothing to do with the Snyderverse or any of that kind of stuff and to be fair I think John Cena is is really great mm. in everything I've seen him in he was in that rom-com train wreck a couple of years ago I thought he was so funny in oh that. yeah 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 like he generally is a very good presence in a movie. Like I've no problem with that. I just I've, the whole shooty shooty rocket launcher gun toting superhero stuff just has never really been my cup of tea. I've never been into Deadpool. Yeah, I I, I like my superheroes to be big dorks who you know play by the rules or you know Batman is my is the limit to which yeah, I, yeah. you know whereas that that other stuff is always just kind of like well that's that's not really what I signed up for you know like I, I fully fully appreciate that a lot of people seem to really gravitate towards that stuff and you know you have people who are huge fans of Harley Quinn now as an anti-hero as opposed to a villain and yeah you know I totally I totally get that that's kind of where the wind's blowing now it's just never really been my 
cup of tea but i believe that that peacemaker show is, is great, the soundtrack you know? is killer i'm a big fan of kind of like um 80s hair metal bands and you know bands like poison mm. and and def leppard and all that kind of stuff and it's full of that stuff i loved it. i've been listening to the soundtrack for like the last three three weeks okay, you're, you're you're kind of winning me over now a bit I'm not gonna <laughs> me and alan have dreadful taste in music or is Sorry, it amazing taste in music? Or, yeah, maybe it's amazing. Um, what have you been watching or listening to or what's been going on? Yeah, so um, kind of been getting back into Star Trek in a big way, uh, watching Strange and New Worlds. We forgot to mention as well, Lower Decks is great, by the way. Lower Decks like is Star great, Trek yeah. as well. Check that out. Um, so I've been kind of watching a lot of that. I've been trying to watch the old movies here and there as well, ever since I watched Motion Picture. The other thing I've been watching... And God help my immortal soul, uh, I have been watching the Robocop TV show from 1994. See, I'm scared about you um, talking about this because, like, I've had this thing in the back of my mind about I'd love to do a Robocop podcast and I don't, you know, you, you could win me over here. Well, I could win you yeah. over here maybe if we talk about it, but go on. Yeah. So suffice to say, obviously, the original movie is like a masterpiece. It's one of the best movies ever made. You and I both love it. Uh, I... I've never really been the guy for Robocop 2. I know mm-hmm. a lot of people say that it's... I, I think there's loads of stuff in it that I like. Obviously, Peter Weller's great. Yep. Um, uh, oh, forget his name. The guy playing Kane is amazing. Dan or oh, Tom. Yeah. Oh. Um, the guy from Last Tom Action Noon. Hero, isn't Tom it? Was he, is he the guy? Yeah. yeah. He's amazing as Kane. And there's a bunch of great... Like Frank Miller himself has a cameo. He does, odd. yeah. Uh, there, there's lots of fun moments in it. I've just never, I just don't find it very watchable, and I hate the theme tune in it. It's like they changed the music. It's, it's, it's a so bit mean spirited. It's a bit, um, yeah, yeah. It's just cruel. Yeah. Anyway, RoboCop three. I hate to say it. You it's love kind it. Of, of course a you do. Pleasure. Oh, of course I do. <laughs> of course you do. <laughs> RoboCop with a jetpack and a kid sidekick, and you are on board. Yay, I fucking Robocop. hate that movie. <laughs> it's a terrible movie. It's a terrible movie. But it just there's something kind of just so so bad. It's great about like, RoboCop in a pimp mobile, and like um, Sergeant Reed going, "It's time to show how real cops kick ass," and then he cocks his shotgun. <laughs> It's so stupid, and I kind of love it. Anyway, suffice to say, the TV show from 1994 is actually the thing that introduced me to RoboCop as a kid. And I never knew RoboCop to be anything other than this family-friendly police procedural show where he catches the bad guys and he fights people like Putface Morgan. And cool. yeah, I have the watching. action figure from I showed you one night. I have the action figure yeah. from the animated from from not from the animated series from the from the live action series from the so, show. Yeah. yeah. Uh, my brother, I my brother had the RoboCop figure that you could take his helmet off mm-hmm. and the chest plate. And of course, they were lost many many years ago, and we just have the figure now. And I had Putface Morgan, and if I remember correctly, his hand or both of his hands fell off. Anyway, great figure. Yeah. Um. And yeah, the series like of all the kind of RoboCop continuation things. If you can make your peace with the fact that it is family friendly, and it is family friendly, RoboCop shoots absolutely nobody in this show. If you can make your peace with that, there's a lot of kind of A-team type action in it where there's bad guys shooting at cops and they never seem to hit anybody yeah. and vice versa. You know, make your peace with all that. It's There's a lot of interesting stuff in that show. There's some good kind of, a lot of the themes from the movie they kind of explore in interesting ways. Some great social satire. They have all the media break inserts and there's some genuinely great action in it. Like there's, like they obviously had a big budget. There's lots of kind of explosions and car chases and yeah, stuff. Yeah, I think it was about a million an episode or something around that. It, it wasn't, it wasn't yeah. small, especially for those days. Yeah, which 
for those days yeah and my, one of my favorite things about it is the entire series was shot in toronto mm-hmm. and it looks like it was shot in the in the height of winter everyone looks freezing cold and i've been to toronto loads of times my my best friend parker's from there i've got family from there so i'm actually like seeing streets in the show going oh that's that's that place and that's that place and there's all these ads in the background for like molson canadian beer and tim hortons and all this is the most canadian show ever made but I'm having a great time watching yeah, it. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of RoboCop. I recently picked up the NECA RoboCop figure. Uh, met Peter figure. Weller at the, rec- at the at the latest Dublin City Comic Con convention. Lovely guy. I'd heard kind of mixed stories about people's experiences with him. I couldn't have had a nicer experience with him. He was a, he was a lovely dude. My, my, I remember my, it was just made me laugh when you were saying that was your first experience of RoboCop. My first experience of RoboCop, I was about six years of age and my mother made a grave mistake in that she thought RoboCop was like Batman and Superman and she rented out the, the movie, didn't, realize oh, it was 18s put it in and it got to the scene where the ed 209 malfunctions and just starts blowing that guy away and he you know does he go out the window i can't remember if he goes out the window or not but he, he blows you know tears him to shreds and i still to this day remember my mother absolutely freaking out taking out the dvd and i just wanted to keep watching it and one yeah obviously you know because i was a seven-year-old kid or whatever um and but i remember seeing the the show live kind of back around the era of season one season two of lois and clark it was it was on around that same time it it was on exactly after lois and clark in the evenings yeah and i remember the figures being out i got the robocop he's my one still has his chest plate but not the helmet i got the put face morgan there was a kind of a their version of the satire that Paul Verhoeven went for was this kind of Captain Cash character and they had figures of him as well. I remember having that. Mm. But I remember liking it. I remember liking it at the time. Yeah. I have to revisit it. I, I think there's issues with issues with the... I know it was released on DVD and Blu-ray and there's issues with aspect ratio and stuff. Um, but, yeah, but they, they, to, they've, they've done that. that thing. They've done that thing where they crop into the image. Mm. So, um, so like you're missing certain bits on the side of this frame and stuff like that. So, so I have those. And to be honest... It hasn't bothered me yeah. enormously. Like the the quality of the image isn't great anyway, so you're kind of you kind of just get into it and you forget about it pretty quickly. But um, is it be- yeah, is if, it if be- you're willing to is it better than RoboCop uh, Prime directives on Amazon Prime? Or yeah, that remains to be seen, Alan. I'm not going to lie; <laughs> I'm probably going to get around to rewatching don't, that they're, too. They're, so. I I I actually don't think even you will like them. I think they're so bad. <laughs> I think even you are like, mm, I, this is too much. <laughs> Alan, Alan, Alan. I've seen them several times. All right, before. okay. <laughs> not not in like fifteen years, but I have. Okay. Alan is referring to a series of terrible, terrible, terrible TV movies that they made in the early two thousands when the the guys who made the TV show, I guess, were about to run out of the rights. That the rights were about to expire, so they're like, "Quick, make a shitty series of TV movies," <laughs> and they made this dreadful series. Now, in fairness, they brought all the violence back. There's lots of shooting and blood splattering and all that, but it's it's just not good. It's just oh, really really it's bad. Awful. It's awful. Anyway. But yeah, I you know, I, I don't just watch <laughs> shitty superhero stuff from the nineties. I've been watching Fleabag with my girlfriend, really like that. And uh various we, we, oh yeah, we just finished Miss Marvel and She Hulk. Anyway, lots of stuff. Yeah, yeah, I haven't I still have to get in I have I watched like the first three episodes of Miss Marvel. I watched the first episode of She Hulk, but I, I have to go back and, and, and see the rest. I've really enjoyed both of them. I have cool. to say they're, they're the Marvel things I've enjoyed the most in in the last while. I, some of the movies have left me a bit cold lately, but these these are a lot of fun. Especially Ms. Marvel. I I I said this on my Instagram page. Like I spent some time in Pakistan earlier this year, mm. and the biggest thing watching Ms. Marvel was like, oh my god, this is like 
this is identical to the experience I had. And I have a, I have a good friend, Sahar, who is from Pakistan. Cool. And she watched it as well. And she's not big into her superhero stuff or whatever. And she said the same thing. She was like, yep, they got it right. It's like, that's great. You know, it's like accurate, which yeah. is which is great. So I actually I preferred Ms. Marvel to the actual Captain Marvel movie. But I feel like a lot of people are. Uh, the Captain Mar- uh, yeah, the Captain Marvel movie was really kind of second third tier i thought it was up there with kind of yeah. you know dr strange-ish kind of just those kind of ones that come and go like the second just Ant- kind of Ant- whatever yeah. And yeah 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 um no i'll have to go back and, and check them out i'll get through star trek first and i'll go back and check them out then so now finally uh some superman discussion or superman adjacent uh discussion uh you're you're probably wondering why we we opened the show with just sort of a general chit chat um that's because we, we don't have any DC-related stuff to talk about because all of it has been pushed and cancelled and deleted altogether. Yeah. So I'm sure we, we probably don't need to go into too much detail because everyone has been hearing about this for weeks now. But suffice to say, the Batgirl movie with Michael Keaton starring Leslie Grace as Barbara Gordon and Batgirl, the first live-action appearance of Barbara Gordon, by the way. Oh, sorry, sorry, I'll make a correction. The first movie appearance of Barbara Gordon prior to now she's only been in the birds of prey show sure, yeah the the batgirl who appeared and the in 60s tv Batman show and robin and the 60s tv show oh my god i can't believe i just said that <laughs> and the 60s tv show prior to this the only movie that barbara or that batgirl has been in she was called barbara wilson and she was alfred's niece oh, which yeah. was just insane and batman and robin Batman and Robin. Um so this was going to be a, a, essentially the first movie appearance of barbara gordon as batgirl and it has just been deleted. Yes. Um, or so they say. It, it, it's probably in a vault somewhere, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, well, how did you react to this? I just kind of... Um, well, I was shocked uh, when when it first came out. I was shocked. I didn't really understand what was going on. Um, now it's kind of transpired since that it was basically a financial accountancy decision. Um, I'm disappointed because... Obviously, Michael Keaton was in the movie. Uh, he played yep. he plays Bruce Wayne, Bruce Wayne Batman um, in that film as well as the the new Flash movie. Whether that comes out or what's going to happen with that, we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, so I was disappointed that I wasn't going to get to see Michael Keaton. Other than that, I wasn't too invested in it. But basically, what seems to uh, what seems to have transpired is they spent ninety million dollars on the movie. They saw the movie. They weren't willing to put in another 50, 60 million into the marketing or whatever. And they have availed of what seems to be some kind of a tax break or tax loop where they can claim some of the tax back if they never show the movie. And yeah, so yeah, it's a little bit there's a bit more to it. So basically, it was originally supposed to be an HBO Max release. Okay. So it was going to go straight to streaming. They... um they were going to put it out on streaming like Netflix does all the time and now Disney Plus. It was going to be a movie that just came out on HBO Max, yeah. right? But now what has happened is Warner Brothers has been bought out by Discovery and uh, Discovery are making all these changes because they're trying to uh, reduce Warner Brothers' massive, massive, massive debt. So they've decided, okay, all this stuff we're making for HBO Max, we need to cut out all of that and we either need to decide to put it somewhere else, license it somewhere else or just get rid of it. And with something like Batgirl, they put all this money into it. They were like, this is fit for a streaming movie. It is not fit for a major motion picture to be released in cinemas because we would have to put the same budget back into it to market it. Plus, we've we've already spent all this extra money that we didn't plan on spending because of COVID and all these other things, that all these other problems that arose because of that. 
So we would have to pump a bunch of money into this in order to make any money back on it. And we, and this is their words, not mine. We don't feel that this is the kind of thing that's going to generate enough profit Mm -hmm. that it would be worth doing any of that. So why don't we just dump it all together and write it off on as a tax write off, right? Yeah. Meanwhile, they have this other movie, Black Adam, which we were talking about last time. Yeah. Uh, that 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 was Batgirl and Black Adam. This is all hearsay on Twitter, by the way. If this isn't true, <laughs> send me an angry email. Black Adam and Batgirl both had test screenings, and they both had similar reactions in their test screenings. The difference is the Black Adam movie has the Rock. The rock. Yeah. Batgirl does not, and I think that's the it's that that's the only reason why they kind of went. This is going to work, and this isn't. I think is that they have the Rock. They know that the Rock. All you need to do is put him in a room, and he's marketing your yeah. movie. Whereas everyone else in Batgirl, they probably thought, mm, this is an untried franchise. We've got a young up-and-coming star who isn't like a household name yet. And they probably thought, we're going to have to pump all this money in. Whatever. There's a bunch of really, really legitimate reasons for why you should do that financially. But creatively, as someone who works in an industry, and believe me when I say that the projects I work on are infinitesimal compared to something like Batgirl. I work on... The shit beneath their shoes. I, I, I really hope your employer tiny, doesn't listen to this. <laughs> I hope my employer doesn't listen to this either. No, I, I listen on, I work on tiny, tiny little unscripted shows that have crews of about 10 people, right? And, well, you know, the, the, the budget Batgirl has, we, we, it, would, it would provide enough series of the shows I work on for the rest of my life yeah. and more. Yeah. But suffice to say, you know, as a creative, what they did was just absolutely abhorrent. They took something that people put their heart and soul into for months and months and months and it meant a great deal to them they really really believed in the story they were telling and they just took it all away and said they not, not only did they take it away and say it's not coming out they took it away because they said it wasn't good enough to be released yeah and that is absolute nonsense it's got nothing to do with the quality of the movie at all this is a purely cynical financial decision that a bunch of and i say it on the show all the time a bunch of suits with a spreadsheet made this decision to just rip this thing away and it makes all the sense in the world if you're looking at ones and zeros it doesn't make any sense at this, all this David Zaslav guy who's kind of taken over Warner Brothers Discovery he seems to be just kind of cutting things left yep. right and centre there's a lot of things on the chopping block at the moment I think there's questions mm-hmm. over Peacemaker season 2 has been confirmed that's probably just because yes. James Gunn is involved I'd imagine if James Gunn wasn't involved that um, that would be gone by the wayside as well I think the Harley Quinn animated show is um, that's definitely possibly coming in bother as well um, there's a couple of other things that are in bother um, I have two points to make about it um, first like you said I, I think I can see the, the, the logic the, the, the financial logic the, the, the you know just the ink and paper you know ledger logic that they're using okay two things kevin smith made the point that i agree with and i don't agree with much that kevin smith says in the last in the last while he's kind of gone <laughs> off the rails a bit but uh, it doesn't look good when a big studio bins their first uh, action movie led by a superhero action movie led by a latina actress okay yeah that has terrible optics second thing and it's a question i was going to ask you how will this, do you think, whatever about the relationship with the fans, okay? I don't want to see some big Snyder, you know, release this thing for 10 years. I don't want to see that. I don't care, you know. Fans are going to be disappointed by it. How do you think it's going to affect WB Discovery's relationship with talent going forward? 
I mean, are you going to get yeah. directors and actors and actresses to sign up for projects that realistically could end up being locked in a vault in a vault and never released? That's that's a really good question. And I think, yeah, that, that that's the serious damage that has been done here. The fans are always going to be angry about something. Yeah. Like, you know that way? They're always going to be campaigning about something, complaining yeah. about something, whatever. That will never end, like, unfortunately, especially with social media, it's just made it worse. The real damage that's been done here is, as you as you said so well there, they are going to damage... The, the next Matt Reeves, the next Christopher Nolan, the next whoever is going to go, hang on a second, do I really want to, like, start my career there? Yeah. You know? Or, and what's going to happen then is you're going to have the mediocre people who have no other choice. They're the ones that Warner Brothers are going to get. And it, it'll just taper off then. You know, Warner Brothers had this amazing legacy as being a director-friendly studio. They they would find directors. They would, you know, groom them, for want of a better word. They'd, they'd bring them up and they'd give them power and control and they'd respect their vision and they'd go with it. And, you know, and as much as we give out about Snyder and all that kind of stuff... For a while there, they kind of were going with what he wanted to do, you know? Yeah. And it was the same with Christopher Nolan. To, to a lesser extent, it was the same with Tim Burton with the Batman movies. You know... The, the, Todd but, Phillips but then, even with the Joker movie, you know, and there's a sequel to Todd that. Todd Phillips, after yeah. Coming, you know, being announced now with Lady Gaga apparently playing um, Harley Quinn. Like, in many ways, the, the reason they've struggled so much with their DC properties is that they've they've been unwilling to kind of go no, there's a house style and you have to make them like this. Yeah. Which is kind of, which is admittedly, like, I, and I'm not one of these people who dumps on the MCO all the time, but admittedly, that is what they did. They got this guy, Kevin Feige. He got a bunch of directors. A lot of them were kind of like lower tier directors. And he kind of puppet mastered all those guys to just make these movies to a style and to a, to a kind of formula that ensured success. Whereas Warner Brothers would kind of go, well, no, let's, let, let's look for a vision here. And sometimes those visions really, really didn't work. Yeah. But, you know, they yeah. were like, whereas now they're kind of just throwing everything out there. It's like they're trying to adopt the Marvel method really, really quickly. And it's just, I, I don't know. I, do, I don't know what's going to happen. Now, admittedly, David Zaslav, his whole thing going into all this was we are not making enough use of Superman and Wonder Woman uh, and Batman. And we need to build, we need to come up with a 10 year plan. Uh, that's centered around those three characters and we're going to build a universe similar to Marvel's. Um, Which is so what they should have done 12 years ago. Yeah, and the, the problem is we've heard that so many yeah. times. Yeah, we have a plan. <laughs> we have a plan. We're going to do this, we're going to do this. I remember when when they launched DC Films, I think it was called at the time, that this was around 2009 or 2010. It might have been a bit after that. Yeah. And it was like Jeff Johns and whoever the head of Warner Brothers was at the time. And they came out and they did this big splash and they were like, oh, don't worry, guys. You know, we're going to start this big thing. It's going to be great. And the movies are going to start resembling the comics much more and all this kind of stuff. Never happened. No. The Green Lantern movie came out and that was shite. That's about it. You know, um, and then Man of Steel. And, you, you know, you can say what you want about that. But like. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm fairly confident that we'll get a Superman movie. What, what form that will take? Yeah, I was, sure. I was just about to ask you, how do you think David Zaslav and the direction, the things that have transpired over the last couple of weeks, how do you think it's going to affect Superman going forward or even Henry Cavill playing Superman or what do you think is going to happen? Yeah. So there's a couple of interesting things there. In terms of the movies, I'd say it is safe to say 
that some kind of a Superman movie will go into some kind of development pretty soon. I think that's safe to say. Okay. And I think that there, it feels like everyone's kind of saying Henry Cavill at the moment is is on the way back. I know. Again, we don't know how true any of that is. Personally, I know I said last time, let's just see what he comes up with. Let's bring him back. Let's do whatever. I'm starting to, I'm starting to have second thoughts about that now because. If Henry Cavill comes back, does that also mean A.B. Adams has to come back and Lawrence Fishburne and all these other people yeah. who clearly don't want to be in these movies? But see, that's why I you thought know? that the Flash movie, which is its own dumpster fire, yeah. that's why I thought that would be the reset button and then they could pick and choose what they wanted. We have Henry, but we don't pick have choose, Amy. Yeah. We have, you know, we have we, we have Henry, but we don't have um, Jesse Eisenberg. You know, we don't have Ben Affleck, yeah. we ha- but we do have Gal Gadot. You know, that they could pick and yeah. choose and go forward from there. But what's the story with the flash now i mean apparently there's well, meetings with ezra miller and he's you know under you know undertaking to they, they don't want to do and they basically have to release that film because it's not yeah. a 90 million dollar movie it's a 200 million dollar movie yeah well i want i want to talk about the flash in a second but like to stay on superman i think yep. there will definitely be a superman movie in the next couple of years I'm, I, I'm not like whether or not it's one that i want to see or anything like that i, I think they will make one the problem I have is two things. Uh, a show called Superman and Lois, yeah. which I, you know, I, I, I wasn't wowed by the season two the same way I was wowed by season one, but I liked it enough that I still want to see a season three and four, right? So that's the first thing. Second thing is that charming new cartoon that they're making, My Adventures with Superman. There was some concept art that leaked over the week, over the past week, and it looked absolutely incredible. As character designs for all these different people, like yeah. you know, Lois was there. I think Metallo. There was all these random villains I hadn't seen in a while. Steve Lombard is going to be in the cartoon. <laughs> Great. Fucking Vicky Vale is going to be in it. Like it looks like a really like you know flat to the mat Superman show about Superman in the Daily Planet and Clark Kent. You know, yeah. going out telling stories. All the stuff we keep talking about. What that we want to see. It looks like a cartoon. I'm just looking like at them here while you're talking. I'm just I'm just having a look. Yeah, they look great. That that was going to be a HBO Max thing, and then the Batman show mysteriously got canned there as well. The Batman uh, Caped Crusader, which was like a clear, like clearly you make that show. It was like uh, made by J.J. Abrams and Matt Reeves and Bruce Tim. Like if ever there was going to be an animated series yeah. that was going to make money, it was that one. So they've cancelled that there, and they're going to license it to somewhere else. And um, you know that's fine. Someone else will buy it. I'd say it's a fairly safe bet that the Superman one isn't coming out in HBO Max either. I know it's coming out in Cartoon Network, but like, it's it's the kind of thing where if you, if you put it on Cartoon Network, then you're you're at the mercy of ratings and toy sales and all that nonsense that cancels cartoons before they can really take flight, or it it dumbs them down before they can really become what they were supposed to be. You know, um. So I'm a little bit worried. I'm I'm mainly worried about that. And Superman and Lois, I'm worried about because. The CW, I don't even know if you heard about this, Alan. The, C- the CW have just gained a new majority shareholder, a company that's called Nexstar. No, I didn't hear and, about anything about uh, this. What this means now is Warner Brothers are now a minority shareholder in the CW. Uh, and Nexstar are trying to retool the network to appeal more to its prime demographic, which is people in their 50s and 60s. And they think these people do not want to watch teen dramas and superhero shows. They want to watch unscripted reality, cheap unscripted reality shows, the type of stuff I work on. <laughs> so I worry now that because prior to this, for anyone who doesn't know, CW, the real money that they made was on their uh, their online player, 
and selling their shows afterwards to streaming services. Mm-hmm. So even even if The Flash didn't do super duper well in the actual broadcast ratings, it would make phenomenal amounts of money when they sold it to streaming services like Netflix at the end of the year. But because Nexstar are not Warner Brothers, they, they don't own The Flash. So they're not seeing any of that money. So they're going, why would we bother yeah. with all these superhero shows? So The Flash is coming to an end. Superman and Lois season three is in production. Yeah, I really hope it gets to season four, but I don't know. Like prior to this, it was like, well, if it doesn't, if it doesn't last on the CW, HBO Max will pick it up. But now I'm like, HBO Max aren't going to pick it up. Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm really worried about that more more so than movies or any of that kind of stuff. I'm worried that these shows that are often the better, you know, that they're better representations of the characters. Yeah. I'm worried that they're going to just disappear. You know. Yeah. Um, in terms of Superman and Lois, Jordan Elsass um, has left Superman mm. and Lois. We spoke about that. Did we speak about that before? I think that that, that that's happened since we last um, since we last recorded. Um, what do you think about that going forward? Do you think they'll recast him? Uh, have they announced that they're going to recast him? I think they have. I I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't think we discussed it on air. Um, I'm sure they will recast whether or not they do it straight away. They might do a thing where Jordan is on holidays for a few weeks or something like that, and then somebody else comes in. I think that there was a couple of things there. There was, you know, I, th- I think the actor was having issues, issues with his mental health. Issues, yeah, yeah. Th- th- there were there was stuff about COVID and stuff that we won't get into. I, th- there was videos came out. You know, we, we don't need to talk about that. But suffice to say, I think he made the decision to to step away, and you know, you have to respect that. And w- whether they recast or they do something else, um, you know, I w- we we definitely wish him the best of luck, yeah. and we wish the the showrunners the best of luck. It's never an easy thing when this happens. I know something similar happened with Ruby Rose on Batwoman. Now, depending on who you believe there, I think the production may have been a little bit more at fault in that case. But um, either way, I, I'm interested to see what they do. And I, I just hope he kind of, if, if it is help that he needs, I hope he gets the help he needs. Yeah, absolutely. If if they do end up recasting that part, it would be a hard dynamic to kind of just insert someone new all of a sudden, wouldn't it? Um, you know, you've got kind of two years of kind of building up that relationship, father and son and mother and son mm. and brothers. And, you know, it's uh, obviously it can be done. But yeah, it, um, it'd be interesting yeah. to see how that goes forward. And definitely more so in season one, he was like the, the secret weapon of the show for me. He was so, so good. And the, there was that amazing scene where he had to talk steel into not killing Superman yeah. and he had that great speech where he said you know my name is Jonathan Kent and my dad's a pretty great guy too and that was like I was I was crying describing that scene on our episode that time yeah. and he in credit where credit's due he gave a phenomenal performance in that scene so it will be sad to see him go you know because um, he really did bring something special to the show yeah so it's going to be a lot of changes it's going to be a lot between that between the studios between you know it's it's going to there's going to be a lot of announcements i'd say over the next couple of months and we'll just have to keep watching and see what's what's going to happen i think and just to end on a positive note i chris clow who is one of those podcasters i've admired for a million years as well we must have him on at some stage he made a phenomenal tweet simple to the point he said you know there may be chaos where the movies are concerned and tv shows or whatever yeah but D- if you want to be consume quality dc content every single week go and read the dc comics that are coming out right now because they're all killing it yeah, the superman right. books are amazing the world saga is just going from strength to strength i personally really really like son of kal-el 
Some people have issues with it. I think it's just fantastic. I see Marv, Marv, Marv Wolfman announced there yesterday, I think on Twitter, that he is writing one of the Superman Returns stories. Um, I think it's coming out later on. Oh, yeah. That. He's, he's announced that. So I'm looking forward to that as well. Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow. We we kind of didn't, we, we, we haven't addressed that at all. I haven't read it yet, but people are saying it's an amazing, amazing book. I'm looking forward to that one. So there's some phenomenal comics out there that are well worth a read and... Like, that's an industry we should be supporting pretty heavily right now because the sales just keep going down and down and down and down. So by all means, go out and buy some Superman comics. And in relation to the comics, the the newly announced the 30-year anniversary uh, special in regards to the death of Superman. Um, I see they announced that there about a week or two ago, or maybe a little bit longer. Kind of DC DC announced that the original creative teams, people like Dan Juergens and Jerry Ordway and Louis Simonson, uh, will reunite in November for the death of Superman 30th anniversary special one and it's going to be an 80 page one shot anthology exploring let me get the quote the lasting impact that Clark's death had on his family and friends and showing some of Superman's biggest uh, allies reacting allies reacting during and following his battle with Doomsday so that'll be something cool to check out I'm looking forward to that yeah yeah and those are some amazing creative talents yeah um, L- Louise Simonson especially it's not a name you hear as often as kind of your Dan Jurgens and your Roger Stearns I think she's maybe the most underrated Superman writer of all time she's so so good yeah uh, personally speaking I think they've kind of milked it they've they've kind of milked that old horse a bit <laughs> now <laughs> the death of Superman between the animated movies that they've done a couple of kind of you know reunion comic type things like this before yeah I know there was one a couple of years ago where they, they sort of if I'm not mistaken, I think they kind of tied it into the new 52 and Dan Jurgens wrote a few bits and pieces. I, I think it was called The Death of Superman. So it's hard to find yeah. the, how to tell the difference there. I think they've kind of milked it a bit. But anytime, if you know, if that's what it takes to kind of keep the lights on and keep these guys in the public consciousness and, 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 and uh, you know, and keep Superman relevant to one by all means if, if you need to do a big event like that every once in a while that's that you know go ahead where did those 30 years go i still remember it being on the news that it was coming Oof. out and oh my god yeah so um is there anything else before we wrap up yes alan in fact there is i was going to read out a lovely tweet we got and i think you wanted to read a letter we got isn't that right yeah yeah i just want to talk about a, a letter we got to the uh, to the email but um you fire away first there with the tweet Yes, so we got this lovely tweet uh, from Brian. He goes by at Atom2384. He writes, Hey guys, I just discovered your great podcast. I was born in the 80s like you and have always had Superman as my favorite superhero. Hearing you discuss your passion has motivated me to take in the mythology again. Keep up the great work. And then he's he's put this lovely uh, Christopher Reeve gif of him doing that kind of salute thing that he does oh, in yeah, Superman 2. Uh, I, I read that and I just thought that was a very nice thing to say, you know? Yeah, and... It's 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 nice to be nice. Yeah, I just love getting that fan interaction. It's nice to know that someone is listening out there. Um, we got... We were on to asking listeners to send uh, letters in and we read one out in one of our previous episodes there. We got a lovely letter from uh, Kenneth Crowley Jr. Um, it's a long letter there. It's basically just um, thanking us for the podcast and outlining his kind of experience and his history with the Superman character. 
um, how he thinks that Christopher Reeve is the greatest of all time, but how he's a huge fan of Tyler Hecklin. He thinks Tyler Hecklin is, is, is basically the best Superman since since Christopher Reeve. Um, it's, it's a lovely letter. He just, I won't read it all out, but he, he ended it there with, he said, thanks guys for a super great podcast and keep up the super amazing work. Uh, sincerely, long time listener and super fan, uh, Kenny Crowley Jr. from Ohio. So I just really appreciate that. It was, it really made me smile reading through the letter. Um, and just knowing other people's experiences with all these different versions of Superman. And, you know, he talks about Henry Cavill and what he thinks of the, the situation with Henry Cavill at the moment and, and everything like that. And, mm. and his love for Smallville and that as well. And how he thinks Eric Drance is the best Lois Lane ever. Uh, I'd have to almost agree. I still think it's Terry, but she's right there. <laughs> yeah. It's neck and neck. I think if I didn't grow up with Lois yeah. and Clark, it would be Eric Drance. I think she mm. is superb as Lois Lane. Yeah. So um, thank you, yeah. Kenny. I've, Kenny is uh, very supportive of us on social media. Yeah, He's he always is. sharing our posts and he's very uh he's very responsive he seems like a great guy so thank you kenny and uh thank you for listening yeah so if anybody wants to send us an email uh we'd be happy to um, acknowledge it or read it out and, and tweets and that as well uh, the email is at all-star super fan uh, no what is it <clears throat> all-star super pod <clears throat> at gmail.com uh, so if anybody wants to reach out to us via email it's all-star super pod at gmail.com um we'll uh, acknowledge the, the letter read out the letter um I was just thinking there as well, if anybody would like to send us maybe like a voice note or a, 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 a voice message and email us like an MP3 or anything and email us to the to the email and we could play it, um, you know, maybe 25, 30 seconds, something like that, just to, to about their fandom and stuff. That'd be great as well. Um, but the, the, I have to say, and I've said it numerous times, Rob, the, the biggest thing that I, I love about this is the fan interaction, hearing back from people and what their thoughts are. And even if you think we're talking out our arses, um, and that you know Man of Steel is the greatest Superman movie and that you know all that stuff if you if you don't agree I want to hear that too you know and and talk to us and let us know your thoughts and opinions and stuff um, and like you said Rob we're at uh, All Star Superfan on Facebook and Instagram and at All Star Superpod on Twitter so please get in touch and uh, we'd, we'd love to we'd love to uh, talk about it on the on the next episode excellent and uh, we do have some great episodes in the can that we're looking forward to putting out Stay tuned for our exclusive interview with Marv Wolfman about the uh, super beloved, uh, lesser known Ruby Spears Superman cartoon. Or what he remembers of it. Late 80s. What he remembers (laughs) of it. He very graciously, Alan reached out to him and he was like, oh, do you know what? I've kind of, I've kind of done my fair share of podcasts unless there's something you can ask me about that I've never been asked about before. Yeah, that's right. I don't think it's up for me. And Alan said, well, what about the Ruby Spears cartoon? He's like, well, Alan, you found a thing that nobody's asked me about before. <laughs> so so yeah. trust the All-Star Superfan podcast to do it. So really looking forward to putting that one out. A uh, couple of other good ones. Um, our long-awaited Superman Returns uh, chat with Matt Truex. That's in the can as well. We're looking forward to putting that out. And we have a couple of other ones in the pipeline. So stay tuned. Yeah, so... Take care, folks. Until next time, stay safe, stay super, and take care. Bye-bye. In the heart of the darkness, the light still burns. It takes you back there to a memory of In the heart of the darkness.